This week on It's Alive Alive podcast, we are covering the story of The Psychopath, a 1966 revenge horror film about a man who commits suicide after being accused of war crimes after World War II and his family's revenge against the men who signed his death warrant. So with that in mind, today I am going to go through 10 real-life revenge stories, starting with Pierre Picard, the real Count of Monte Cristo. The Count of Monte Cristo is one of the greatest revenge stories in literary history. And though it's a work of fiction, the main character, Edmond Dante, is said to be based on a real man named Pierre Picard. A 19th century shoemaker from southern France, Picard was falsely accused of being an English spy by his alleged friends. Following years of forced servitude, Picard was released and after some careful plotting, murdered the three men who betrayed him. He was particularly ruthless in dealing with Lapuin, the man who married his former fiancée. Picard tricked the man's children into lives of crimes before finally stabbing their father to death. Next up, Alexander Turner, the ex-slave who got even. Reminiscent of a real-life version of Django, Alex Turner was born into slavery on a Virginia tobacco plantation in 1845. At a young age, he was taught to read and write in secret by the plantation owner's granddaughter. They were eventually caught, however, and Turner was badly beaten and whipped. Eventually able to escape at the start of the Civil War, Turner joined the Union Army. In 1863, Turner returned to his old plantation with his regiment and personally shot and killed his former overseer. He survived the war, eventually settling on a farm in Vermont, appropriately named Journey's End. Next, we have Nakam, the Jewish Avengers. Understandably, many people were dissatisfied with the results of the Nuremberg trial, where only 24 individuals were indicted. And so a group formed named Nakam, shortened from Dam Yehudi Nakam, or Jewish blood will be avenged, with the goal of seeking their own form of justice. The group poisoned 3,000 loaves of bread that were to being sent to American people. POW camps, intended for former SS members. Over 2,000 prisoners were reportedly made ill, both to the retroactive disappointment of former Nakam member Joseph Harmatz, there was no confirmed fatalities. According to some members, however, the group had originally desired to kill 6 million Germans by poisoning the water supplies of the country's main cities. Frank Eaton, the man who avenged his paw. Born in mid-19th century in Connecticut, Frank Eaton moved to Kansas with his family when he was eight years old. Around this time, his vigilant father was killed by six ex-Confederate soldiers. A family friend told Eaton, My boy, may an old man's curse rest upon you if you do not try to avenge your father. Frank began training, quickly earning the nickname Pistol Pete, and was said to be faster on the draw than Buffalo Bill. As the story goes, he managed to seek out and kill five of the murderers before he turned 30, with the last John Ferber escaping Eaton's wrath only by dying before Eaton could get to him. Next, we have Aaron Burr, the vice president who'd had enough. 
We've heard of political rivalries before, but nothing quite like this. Both Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr were big players on the political stage at the turn of the 19th century. Burr had gone up against Thomas Jefferson for the presidential nomination, but lost. Thanks in part to Hamilton's influence. A few years later, Burr ran for governor of New York, only to once again see his ambitions dashed by the counter-efforts of Hamilton, who campaigned aggressively against him. Fed up, Burr, who was still vice president at the time, challenged Hamilton to a duel. The pair met in Weehawken, New Jersey, and Hamilton was mortally wounded. Beaufort Pusser, the sheriff who walked tall. During his time as sheriff of McNary County, Buford Pusser waged a one-man war on crime, focusing primarily on the state-line mob, which operated along the border of Mississippi and Tennessee. Naturally, this didn't sit well with the gang who severely wounded Pusser and murdered his wife in a drive-by assassination attempt. Pusser's ensuing quest for revenge inspired a trilogy of films in the 70s and a 2004 remake by starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Though the exact details are largely obscured in mystery and rumour, various authors and local law enforcement have suggested that Pusser had a hand in killing of three of the four men he accused of being behind his wife's death. Carl V. Erickson, the retiree who really held a grudge. High school can be a difficult time, particularly if you aren't considered one of the so-called popular kids. Carl Erickson experienced this firsthand when he was the victim of a cruel prank. While exact details of the incident are unclear, it did involve a jockstrap being placed on Erickson's head in front of a group of students. Erickson blamed Norman Johnson for the prank and took the, the idea that revenge is a dish best served cold a little too far. He waited over 50 years to get even, confronted Johnson and killing him in his home in 2012. Both men were in their 70s and Erickson was given a life sentence for his crime. Next up, Jared Harris, the avenging amateur tattoo artist. Prison is a rough place in general, but for those who've been convicted of crimes against children, it's a living hell. Back in 2006, Anthony R. Stockelman was sentenced to life in prison after molesting and murdering 10-year-old Katie Coleman. To the ignorance of officials, Stockelman was placed in a very same prison as Katie's older cousin, Jared Harris, who was serving time for burglary. From what investigators could put together, it seems that Harris Connor Stockelman, and with the help of other inmates, tattooed the words found on the inmate's forehead and the next morning. The script in question, Katie's Revenge. Good enough for the prick. This next one is a very well-known story, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. It's a fun one. Lorena Bobbitt, the knife-wielding wife who refused to be the victim anymore. We've heard of volatile marriages before, but this case caught the attention of the international community. According to Lorena Bobbitt, she suffered various forms of abuse at the hands of her husband for years. And on the night that she finally snapped and had been raped by him, that was June 23rd, 1993, a date ex John Wayne Bobbitt is unlikely to ever forget. While her husband slept, Lorena took a carving knife from the kitchen and cut off his penis, drove several miles and threw it into to a field. It was eventually found and after an extensive search and a reattachment surgery that took nine hours, it was put back on. And he managed to go on to make a porno named Frankencock as far as I know. 
Last up, Akuyadav, the accused rapist who met mob justice. In 2004, Akuyadav, real name Baharat Kilakarana, was standing trial in India. Yadav was a locally known rapist and murderer who allegedly raped over 200 women during a 10-year span and reportedly murdered at least three individuals. The women of Kasturba Nagar, where Yadav was from, had finally had enough. A lynch mob of around 200 women interrupted the proceedings and assaulted Yadav. They reportedly threw chili powder in his face, stabbed him over 70 times and cut off his penis. While several women were arrested, it seems that all were eventually released due to lack of evidence. And that is the way you deal with pricks like that. If you like that, then listen to our main show every Wednesday on all good podcast providers. It's Alive Alive, the really, really fake true crime horror podcast. All the guts and gore, none of the guilt. See you on Wednesdays.